Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Important that I lead you back into healthy spiritual habits that will stir up that spiritual life inside of you, all right? And so this series is to do that. We do this every year around this time, and a lot of times uh, I focus specifically either on the Holy Spirit because He is the one that fills or empowers or fuels our life that we're supposed to live. And we will also focus on prayer. And so that's why we do things like the 21 days of prayer, which I'll talk about here in a few moments. But it's just intended to stir up, or to stir up that spiritual part of our lives. Now today, as we start this series, I'm going to tell you, I believe God has something for you. That's why I'm going to ask you to take notes. We take notes because we believe God is speaking to us. And if God is talking to us, I don't know about you, but I easily forget stuff that I hear. So I write down the stuff, right? So that I can look back, what did God say to me? And I use this as an opportunity to pray through those things that week. So I encourage you, let, let's come expecting God to speak to us. Let's take notes. You say, Aaron, does that prove that I'm a Christian? No, it just means that you're taking it serious. Like, let's take it serious. Let's, if we believe God's going to speak to us, let's write it down. So... Take some notes today because God has something for you. Here's our theme verse for the series. And our theme verse is from Zechariah. Uh, and, and ultimately, this, this verse is from the Old Testament, but it's about everything that would happen in the New Testament. It speaks specifically to the way God had intended or wanted to move in people's lives. Because in the Old Testament, they saw a lot of cool stuff happen, but they didn't experience it. Nothing transformative on the inside of them because they tried to live according to the law. It was all about behavior modification and not heart transformation, everybody. Okay, y'all hear what I'm saying? And when Jesus came, he changed all that because our hearts could be washed clean and the spirit of God could now dwell inside of us instead of a tent or a tabernacle, okay? And so that, it changed everything. And this, this image that, that God gives to the prophet Zechariah is all about what he wanted to do, okay? It's ultimately the difference in religion and relationship. So this vision comes to Zechariah and he says this in verse one. Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from a sleep. He asked me, what do you see? And I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and on the, other, the other one on the left. And I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He said, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. Do you guys know what these things are? No, that's why I've got an image. Throw it up there. Let's see it. All right, here we go. So, so essentially what we've got here is the, the lampstand, we got your seven candlesticks, and we've got the, 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 the channels feeding that. There's the bowl in the center, and it's connected to these olive branches, right? Because olive oil is what they would use to, to, burn, the, to, to burn the lampstands or to keep them lit. And so God has a very specific point here, and I'll get to that in just a second. But the verse continues, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, who was the governor at the time, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He says, this is what this picture is all about. That, that it's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by human effort. The, the way I'm going to move in your lives has nothing to do with your effort, your talent, your abilities, your giftings, what you can pull off in this life. Know that what he's going to do in your life, it's not about behavior modification. It's about what he's going to do by his spirit 
which is to empower us. It's, it's to transform us. In fact, this word here, spirit, in the Old Testament is the word ruach. In the New Testament, it's the word pneuma, which means breath or it means wind. Now, the wind is something that you can't see, but daggone it, when it's there or when it's not there, you know it, right? Because you can feel it. And when it's there, when the wind is there and it's blowing, it propels things. In fact, if you are a boat with your sails up, but there's no wind, guess what? You ain't going nowhere. You can row really hard and you can give every effort you want to, but you're not going to get very far on your own. But when there's wind and your sails are up, you will be propelled along. You'll go and you'll go in a way that has nothing to do with your own power. This is what God intends to do in our lives. A lot of us are here today. We've been getting where we've been going in our own strength, through our own efforts. But God wants to put some wind in your sails today, everybody. I believe that from the bottom of my heart because it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. And some of you, I'm sitting here talking about spirit, or maybe, maybe you've even heard him referred to as the Holy Ghost, and you're like, nope, I'm out. I don't need no ghost stories. No, thank you. I don't like that stuff. But the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, I promise you, is nothing to be afraid of. God intends for us to live an empowered life, a spirit-filled life. And that's what we're going to talk about here in this series. And Zechariah's candlesticks are the perfect imagery that, that, man, you could try to be effective. You could try to keep your light lit. You could try to accomplish your purpose, but without those two olive trees next to you feeding into that bowl, which is what gives you the ability to carry that light, you will not be effective. You can't be what God's called you to be on your own. You need to be empowered by his spirit. You say, Aaron, what more is there? I already have fire insurance. I'm already going to heaven. I already got baptized. I show up for church on Sunday. What more is there? Oh, my friends. Oh, my friends. There is so much more for you. God has so much more for you. Stick with me through this series, I promise you. I'll show you. I'm going to teach you about the Holy Spirit, and I promise you that the Holy, Holy Spirit is not goofy. He is not weird. He is not strange. This week, I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and, and uh, within the power of prayer, right? I think that's important. We'll talk about that in a moment. Next week, we're going to talk about miracles uh, that the Holy Spirit does. You say he still does miracles today? Absolutely. I believe that he does. The following week, we're going to talk about holiness. Holiness is an important subject, and along with it, the fear of God. And I think in today's generation, man, we need a healthy dose of the fear of God again. Absolutely. And then we'll wrap up this series talking about the gifts of the Spirit. You're like, which Sunday is that on? Because that's the one that's weird, and I'm not coming to that one. Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. I don't know what you've experienced before, but as a church and as believers, those gifts are written in Scripture, and we should never disparage what God has given us just because our small minds can't comprehend it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we have to have weird church services. It just means that we need to surrender to all that God has for us. It's better. It's, it's better. Now, Jesus, when he was here on earth, he had a mission. He had a mission to seek and to save the lost. And so Jesus comes. He lives his perfect, sinless life. He surrenders himself to be crucified. He's beaten. He's spit on. He's murdered brutally. He lays in that grave for three days. He resurrects, and then he spends 40 days with his disciples before ascending on the Mount of Olives. And in his final instructions, he, he, it contained a desire for, for us to be connected to those olive trees, 
for us to be connected to something that would feed into everything he was going to tell us to do in his last moments, to have something flow into us to empower us so we didn't have to live the Christian life out of our own strength. Here's what Jesus said specifically. Luke 24, 49, he said, And now I'll send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now, Luke wrote that. Luke was a doctor, and, and Luke also wrote the book of Acts. He wrote uh, in Acts 1, 4 through 8. This is Jesus again. It says, On one occasion, while he, that's Jesus, was eating with them, he gave him this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. So this is the risen Jesus talking to him as he's eating with him. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait. There's something beautiful in that. We talked about that on this, Saturday, this past Saturday's prayer. Waiting on the Lord. That those that wait on the Lord shall have their strength renewed. That, when, that if you'll just chill out and stop striving, God will do stuff in your life if you just wait on him and trust him. Anyway, that's a whole other message. That's not even in my notes. That was free. Here we go. He said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me talking about. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you're about to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Come on, someone. About to be baptized. It means you're going to be immersed, right? Fully immersed in. You'll walk in this stuff. Then he, then he gathered around them and asked them. Then they gathered around him and asked him. Watch this. They, they, they changed the story. Jesus is talking about spiritual stuff. He's talking about what's to come. He's talking about living a Christian life. And what they're about to do to Jesus, you all do to me sometimes. Watch what they said. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? What'd they do? They went and got all political on him. They started talking about an earthly kingdom instead of what God is trying to do in his heavenly kingdom. See, Jesus' eyes were not on the political horizon. And I'm afraid that the church, my friends, I love you, and I'm just telling you this. I'm afraid that the church has got their eyes on the political horizon and not on a heavenly one. Y'all are walking around defeated and scared and oppressed because of what's going on in the world and on the political horizon. Let me tell you something. Get your eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of your faith, and you'll no longer walk in fear. <laughs> but this, this stuff has been going on since the very first church emerged. Now, don't be mad at me. I love you. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm, I am. I'm just telling you the truth. This has been happening. We start talking about spiritual stuff, and you go, so when you, when, when's all this going to change? When are we going to get somebody in office that is a Christian and has our Christian beliefs? Man, forget all that noise. We can pray for that. That's not the most important thing. Let's talk about how we're going to walk through what we're walking through right now. Spirit empowered. All right, all right, all right, all right. We got to get somewhere. I'm not usually this preachy on a Sunday morning. Those of you that attend here, you know it, but I'm just filled with something. I am, I am set ablaze today. It's called the Spirit of God. That's right. <laughs> I like whoever's over here. I don't know who this is, but you best show up every Sunday. You better be right there because I need you in my ear because I feel it. That's good stuff right there. I like it. All right. <laughs> so they said, so, so, so when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates. The Father is set by his own authority. But watch Jesus change it back to what he wants to talk about again, okay? He said, but you're going to receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. My friends, we're never intended to live our lives under our own power. We need the Spirit's power. We need it for our marriages. 
We need it for our kids. We need it in our school system. We need the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit in politics. We need it in our homes. We need it in our families. We need it for our careers. We need it for our finances. We need it for ourselves to manage our thought life, to manage our attitudes, to manage the things that come out of our mouth. Come on, somebody. We need God's power, and we need his spirit. You know, the number one source of power found in scripture is found when we get connected to a lifestyle of prayer. It's why we are a praying church. You know, I learned long ago that without the power of prayer, I'm like an iPhone whose battery is dead. Uh, let me just talk to these young people because y'all understand what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> an iPhone whose, whose power is dead. You know what an iPhone, iPhone with the power dead, you know what it's called? It's, it's called a useless, somebody else said a brick. It's a brick. That's actually the technical term for it when the whole system breaks down and it can't do anything anymore. It, it's bricked, Okay. It's useless to you, but when you get that phone connected to a source of power, let me tell you something, that phone has changed the lives of so many people. We do so much things in our lives today with convenience and easier than we've ever done them before because we're not doing it out of our own power now. Oh, you all are with me. Maybe you all over here are with me. See, when the phone gets connected, it gets charged up, and there's power, and it changes lives. Yeah, there you go. Come on, somebody. <laughs> ha. We need to be in, connected. We need to be in power. You know, when, we, when I started this church, I asked the Lord, I said, I need you to do something that Aaron can't do. I need you to do something so great in this place that, that when we look back on it, they go, that knucklehead didn't do that. And the knuckleheads around him didn't do that. Because we want to do something that honors you, God. And that was a prayer that I prayed. And, and I said, I need, to, I need to be in a space. I need to be able to tell stories that didn't happen because of my strength or my power. I need it to be by your spirit. And this week, I got to sit with the church. And as I sat with that church, I began re- recounting and telling stories with them to their leadership. And, and through tears, we're all crying now as I'm sharing stories. And just, I just had this overwhelming moment in this sense that God has been answering that prayer since the very beginning, that as I'm sharing stories of God's faithfulness, of his provision, of lives transformed, I realize God has been doing just that, that he has been doing things here in this church that only he can do, and it was just this beautiful moment. This church has never been about me. I refuse to let this become a church that is centered around a personality cult. I will not let it happen. That's why I tell you often, I believe this, the same spirit of God that dwells in me dwells in you. That's why we let people baptize one another. That's why we, let, we encourage people, hey, go pray for one another. Man, if you come in this house and you ain't feeling good and somebody doesn't take the opportunity to pray for you wherever you're standing, whether it's at an altar or not, we have missed the boat. We've missed the boat, but we're a church that does that. I love that. I love that. You'll see people bowed in prayer everywhere because it just doesn't matter. It's not about a church service. It's about the Spirit of God that walks around with you in your everyday life. Oh, I'm off my notes again. Here we go. All right. I feel like we could just just wrap up right here, all right? Let's just get some more people baptized and let's go. (laughs) I, I share that with you because if you only knew, if you only knew internally how I feel, how insecure I feel, how out of place I feel standing in this spot, you can ask my team. If you only understood 
how I would rather be behind the scenes and not seen at all. But, but God put me here. God put me here. That, that, that most of the time I have no idea what I'm doing and I feel overwhelmed. That's a good place to be. Because there, in your weakness, God's strength is made perfect. This is a spirit-filled, empowered life that I'm talking about. Because what happens is, even though I feel overwhelmed and I feel out of place, what it makes me is desperate. Desperate for that connection. Desperate, desperate for God's presence in my life. Desperate for a power of God that I cannot live without because I cannot do this on my own. In fact, I, I, I don't want to be a lamp trying to burn without the olive trees connected to my life. I just don't need it. That's the, the, and, and that's why as your pastor, I lead you into these seasons. We do 21 days of prayer twice a year. There's, there's a reason for that because we need his power. In fact, 21 days of prayer starts today, every day, even, every day at 7 a.m., uh, on our app, if you don't have our app, I'm going to just show you this really quick. On our app, on the front page, it says 21 days of prayer, and there's a new video that's going to populate right there every day. And our pastoral team is going to walk you through some scripture and give you an opportunity to, to dive into God's word in something we call our first 15. Five minutes of prayer, five minutes in the word, five minutes of worship. Start your day off right. Join us every day. And then get here on Saturdays at 9 a.m. We'll be here in person praying. You don't need to be scared of that. In fact, I would hope it would become a priority for you specifically in this season. But, but man, we, we would love for you to join us in prayer. We need to be a church that prays. Join us. Learn how to pray. In fact, with its 21 days of prayer, we've also got this, this booklet. We've only got a limited supply of these left. This is a 30-day uh, study guide. So you say, well, Aaron, I thought it was 21 days. It is, because nine days is for you to go do on your own. We'll cover the first 21, and then we want you to, to continue the habit and do things on your own. We'll give you the scriptures, and you can walk through them. But, but join us for these. These are available free for you as you walk out. There's a table right there but as you walk out. Grab these. Uh, and, and there's another resource that I'll share with you here in just a few minutes. But man, we really want to help invest in this season for you because we believe God's got something for you in it. Amen, everybody? Amen. So, all right. Join us and see what the difference of that spirit-filled prayer makes. But because it made a difference in Jesus, in Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus as Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. I want that, and I know you want that too. So let me speed through this real quick, because I know we're, we're coming to a, a, an end of our time here. But today I'm going to share three things with you about spirit-filled prayer. The first two, I'm going to go through them quickly. And the last one, we're actually going to get into it and take some notes. I'm going to expand on it a little bit. Uh, but the first one is, regarding spirit-filled prayer, is the priority of prayer. The priority of prayer. You know, I think for most of us, prayer is that 911 call to God, where we've exhausted all of our efforts, we've done everything we know how to do, we've called everybody we know in our lives that could help us, and the situation isn't fixed, we haven't been able to, to breach it, we haven't been able to crush it, whatever, this, we haven't been able to finance it, we haven't been able to do it, and we're done, and we put our hands in our pockets, and we kick and go, well, all we can do now is pray. <laughs> what? What do you mean all you can do now is pray? But this is the way we live our lives. Honestly, we, 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 well, God, we've done all we can do, and we know that's what you've expected of us. Now, we just need you to fix it. Like, I don't know where this lie crept in that we need to do all we can before we, can, before we invite God into the situation. I, I don't know. That's, our, that's called pride, by the way. 
And the Bible tells you that God resists pride. So if you want some resistance, add some more resistance onto whatever it is you're going through, try and do that mess on your own. Or you can invite him into it at the beginning. Hey, I got an issue. I got somebody that owes me some money and they ain't paid yet. How are you praying about that? How are you walking through that situation? I got difficulty in my marriage. How are you praying about that? My kids are running wild. How are you praying about that? Oh, come on, somebody. You're getting quiet now. I'm getting up in your space. <laughs> I got you. Why do we wait to invite the Lord into this situation? Honest, most of us hear uh, situations going on, and we go, well, that's just terrible. <laughs> that, oh, that's just horrible. I hate to hear that. Well, thoughts and prayers for you, my friend. Thoughts and prayers. What do you think your thoughts are doing? <laughs> Cut that mess out. <laughs> and if you didn't take the moment to pray for him, like I said before, right then and there, you've missed it. Amen. You, you've missed a moment. Most of us say, well, I'll be praying for you. No, you won't. <laughs> you got thoughts about your next episode of Virgin River or whatever that show is called. or What's it called? Virgin River? Yeah, yeah. You got thoughts about, about your next meal or something. You ain't got no thoughts and prayers. Come on. Take a moment, pray with somebody, right? Let's have a right now, let's pray attitude, okay, everybody? Let's do it. You say, well, Aaron, I'm scared. That's okay, do it anyway. You'll, find, you'll discover that spirit that's on the inside of you, that power that has just been waiting for you to go, okay, let's do this. You say, well, what if the person doesn't want me to pray? Not in my notes as well. Just do it anyway. That's what I do to people. I was working out with this guy in the gym one time, and he was sharing what's going on. He didn't know what was coming, but I did. And I'm just listening. Uh-huh. When he finished talking, I said, hey, let's pray real quick. I put my hand on his shoulder. I bowed, his, bowed my head, and I just, Jesus, and I'm praying. And I started praying right in the middle of the gym. Now, let me tell you what he was doing. He was, he's freaking out, losing his mind. I didn't care. I was praying because you know what? I'm forgetful. I'm forgetful, and I want to remember to pray for him. Besides, it doesn't matter. Because I, 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 it doesn't matter where I'm at. And I think that we, we can be a, a church like that. The New Testament church was like that. First thing they did was they would pray. When things were going awry, when things were going good, the first thing they did was pray. Acts 1.14 says they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and the mother, the Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They didn't fret. They didn't worry. When issues arose, they returned to their habit of Prayer. They didn't go to social media to complain or to, hey, just sharing. Oh, come on, somebody. Just sharing. No. They gathered together to pray. We go to Acts 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, which, by the way, is what our grow groups is all about. Okay, all right, just plugging it. They're coming up soon. They devoted themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and to prayer. What's the lesson here? If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not, write this down. Prayer needs to be our first response, not our last resort. Because it just needs to be our habit that we pray first. Before we send that email, let's pray. Before we send that text message, let's pray. Before we leave the house, let's pray. Before your kids go off to school and you send them into the literal fires of hell. Parents, pray. You say, well, they don't like that. I don't care what they like. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I wish I'd have been more faithful to do that for my kids. I do. I'm telling you, before you go to work, pray. Spend time with the Lord and pray. Second part of a spirit-filled prayer 
is called the plan of prayer. So, we, so we've got the priority of prayer. It needs, to be, it needs to be first. And then we've got the plan of prayer. Man, I love a good plan. I don't know about you guys. I love a good plan. I love details. I love a checklist, and I, and I love process. In fact, I, I have all my prayer requests uh, written out because I like lists, and I got bored with that list, so I took that list and I transferred it to a deck of cards. Some of y'all have maybe seen me at prayer with this deck of cards and wondering, what is he doing? But I sit there and I shuffle them. I got all my prayer requests written on the back of a deck of cards. It's my little prayer book, right? And I just look at it and I say, God, I pray for this person here. I tuck it back in the deck and I, I pull out another one and I pray. I love lists, but I need to keep my ADD brain engaged, okay? Anybody relate? Yeah, all right. See, saw a hand over here like, boom. That was my son. He understands. <laughs> but I love a good plan. I love a good, I, I love a good process. I want to walk through something, right? That, that's why I love one of the resources that we use. It's this little booklet called Pray First. These are free for you as well, and they're in the same place as the 21 days of prayer. We got lots of these. But, but these have different guides. They cover tons of different prayers throughout Scripture, and they are guides that help people understand how to pray. So if you don't know how to pray, you can grab one of those. Again, it covers the majority of them. It breaks them down and explains each point and teaches you to pray. Now, you can get them in this little book, or now you can download this uh, as an app. It's called the Pray First app. It even has music in there to enhance your time as you walk through the prayers. You just hit a button and it starts pray, or playing music while you pray. It's a great resource. Free to you. Please take them. Please, please take them because it'll give you a plan for prayer. Now, before you get upset at me for saying, well, Aaron, I don't know if that, that just having re- written prayers is the way to go. And, and I'm not sure about having a plan. Listen, Jesus had a plan too. Before you get upset at me. Jesus had a plan that he gave, that he used his teaching tools that he gave to his disciples. And, and Pray First covers this one too. It, it's called the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you've heard of it. I'm not sure. It's kind of famous. But uh, Luke 11, verse 1, one, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. See, they saw something in the way Jesus was praying and said, hey, we don't know anything about that. We, we don't pray that way. Can you teach us? They said, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Now, he gives them an outline. A lot of people have taken this as, hey, we need to repeat what he said word for word, and that becomes our prayer. No, 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 no. What he gave you was different prayer stations, different points that you can stop and you can camp at for a little bit and talk to God about those those issues around that. There are seven elements, right? It's a plan. It's a map. And, and I'll teach it another time, but it, it is broken down here in the Pray First guides or in the Pray First app for you. But here's the verse so that you can see it. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 9. He said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So this is worship, okay? This is giving honor to God where it is due, starting off in a place of recognizing, hey, you're God and I'm not. Cool? Then he goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. So we can pray God's agenda. God, I need you to do whatever you want to do in my life. I submit and surrender to you. Use me in any way that you want to. And you can walk through his agenda, praying for the lost and, and all that. He says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he says, give us today our daily bread. And then you can surrender. Hey, God, everything I got today, this is what I need. This is what's going on. I need you in all of it. I need, I need you in all of it. And then he, he goes on to say, Forgive us our debts. Hey, get my heart with you right as we forgive our debtors. Get my heart with others right too. He said, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And this is a declaration of a resolve that today, God, we're going to honor you with everything that we have in us. 
that I'm asking you to help us in our resolve, to strengthen that resolve, to empower that resolve, right? We can walk through this. It's a plan. So I'm encouraging you. Pick up a prayer first uh, on your way out or download that app, okay? So, so we've got the priority of prayer. We've got the plan of prayer. And this is the last one we're going to lean into, and it's the power of prayer. Come on, somebody, the power of prayer. The power. We're going to look at a story in Acts to help us understand this. And, and, uh, and if you ever went to Sunday school, you'll, you'll understand this story. Uh, it, it's about uh, Peter and John and a lame guy. And the only way I know to tell it to you is the way that I learned it. So here we go. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He asked for alms and held out his palms. And this is what Peter did say. Silver and gold have I none. Come on, if you know it. But such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And what did he do? He went walking and leaping and praising God. And then repeat ad nauseum, right? Okay, there you go. We'll finish. <laughs> but that's the story. That's exactly what Scripture tells happened. Okay? I'm just singing it. And you would think, you would think that this guy who's losing his mind, that everybody knew was lame. I don't mean lame like he was a loser. I mean like he couldn't walk, all right? Lame. He'd been around for a while, and everybody had seen him. And the Bible says that 2,000 people gave their lives to Jesus that day as a result of that miracle. Now, you would think in this moment that everybody would be celebrating. You would think in this moment that this would be such a powerful moment that even the religious leaders of the day would be excited. But there's just some people that don't like good news. You know that? The world does not like good news. It just doesn't. It won't report on it. It wants to suppress it. Do you know why? Because you can't control people with good news. Uh-oh. You can't control people with good news. The world wants you afraid and oppressed, and therefore it will not share with you good news. All right. I've been preaching for weeks about this. I'm just telling you. What have I been saying? Pay attention. Open your eyes. Oh, some of you think I'm representing a political party up here, and I am not. I'm representing the one, the only, Jesus Christo. Jesus Christ. Come on. That was for my Spanish friends. It's one of the few Spanish words I know. <laughs> they needed people afraid so they could oppress them and control them. That's what the religious leaders, the pastors of the day, and they wanted to suppress it. And so what they did was they punished Peter and John. They flogged them. And then they threatened them that, that, that they would do worse if they continued to preach the name of Jesus and do these miracles. You, you, again, you'd think it'd be an important thing. But watch what happens. Acts 4 says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices, watch this, together. Okay, Listen. I don't know where we got to a place where we started praying silently in our hearts. Well, the Lord knows my heart. Y yes, he does. Yeah, that's absolute, that is a true statement. But what's also true is God wants to hear your heart. And that all through scripture, when prayer is talked about, it is a spoken thing. That it is not, well, I'm just going to sit in silence. Amen. 
What did you just do? Did you just pee in your pants? I'm not even sure what just happened. That's what my kids used to look like. They just... No, it says they, look at, look at the verse. They raised their voices together. It, it doesn't mean that somebody was standing around praying and everybody just nodding in agreement. Everybody was praying. Everybody praying because everybody can pray. Together in prayer to God and sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They just... They just acknowledged God. They didn't post on Facebook and complain about what happened to them. They didn't call their friends and complain. They gathered collectively, and they prayed. And it wasn't just the one. It was everybody together. So the first thing that, that I will tell you about powerful prayers is that powerful prayers are unified prayers. That's when we come together. The Bible calls it touching and agreeing, right? Right? The, the touching and agreeing. Man, if you want to see your kids saved, you need somebody to be praying with you about your kids being saved. You want to see the world change? You want to see the lost come to Jesus? You want to see revival in our land? Well, I do. Those are things we pray about here on Saturdays together. So when this 21 days is over, understand that's why we gather. We gather to pray for those things because those things won't happen if we just hold them in our hearts. They, they won't happen. We must Learn to pray together. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and all together? Pray. Yeah, pray. We can gather together and pray. If God's looking for a people group, not a person. Sometimes I think we th you, that, that you think that it is my job to pray. Yes, it is my job to pray, but it is our job to pray together. It is not solely my job. It is our job to pray together. He said, if you'll pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, watch this. He said, I'll hear from, from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. Boy, that's what we need, isn't it? We need to know that God hears us. We need to know that God forgives us. My goodness, we need some healing in our land. We need some healing. Jesus said the same thing, Matthew 18, verse 18. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if, you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am. Jesus said, y'all get in a prayer circle. I'm coming in. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. I'm going to be right there in the middle of you. Right? That's what Jesus said he's going to do. In fact, A.T. Pearson, who was a, a traveling minister all over the world, he preached the gospel all over the world, he said this, there has never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. It just never happened. So we want to see that happen here in our country, in Reynoldsburg, y'all. We have to unify and pray. Every time people in the Bible said enough is enough, they did so by praying, and they did so by praying together. Now here's the second thing about powerful prayer. Look at Acts 4.25. He said, you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant. This is, this is the people praying together. They're talking to God. And they're acknowledging that, that David, he said, our father David. So now listen to what they're saying. They're acknowledging that, that, hey, they're referring to Scripture, what David said in Scripture. They're saying, God, you said this. David wrote it. He held the pen, but you gave him the words to say. And we're acknowledging that. They said, why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? So they're not quoting David, they're quoting God back to God. That's what they're doing. 
The entire Bible was written this way with a man holding the pen, but God giving the words. So they call it Holy Spirit inspired or God breathed, right? That's that breath again. That, that everything in that Bible, the Holy Spirit wrote himself through flawed man. And they used this verse to fit the very situation that they were experiencing at that time. And let me tell you something, friends. There's a verse for your situation, too. There's a verse. You just got to find it. It's in your Bible because powerful prayers are scriptural prayers. Powerful prayers are scriptural prayers. We say, well, I'm just praying for God's will to be done. And, and listen, I understand the humility of that statement, but I also sometimes feel like it's a bit of a cop-out because God's already told you what his will is. Right. It's in the Bible. Right. It's there in Scripture. And I say, hey, let's not forsake the diving into Scripture. My goodness, you can Google Scriptures. I'm telling you, I do this all the time. You need a verse? Google. I need a Scripture for healing in my body. And I'm telling you, tons of them will populate in Google. You say, well, I just don't know my Bible that well. It'll help you. Google will help you. You need some help? Talk to one of the pastoral team members here. We will help you find a verse for your situation. That because when we start quoting God's word back to him, there is power that gets added to that thing. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> See, we don't have to say, God, God, save my kids if it's your will. Let me tell you something. God already said in 1 Timothy 2, 4, that he desires that all men would be saved. So you can say, hey, God, I'm asking you to bring my kids back to you because I know that that's your desire too. So I'm adding my faith to your word and I need you to know I want my kids to be saved. I want you, I, I, I was, and, and God, send us the lost at this church, right? It's important that we're unified, but it's also important that we are scripture-based in our prayers. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, for all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. That means before you ask, the answer's already Yes when you're asking according to his will. And in, in 1 John, it also says that when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and because we know that he hears us, we know that we already have that which we've asked from him. Oh. Oh. What, what he's saying, and he goes on to say, and through Christ, our amen, which by the way means yes, or so be it, ascends to God for his glory. God's just looking for some people that'll say amen. He's looking for some people that, that will lean in Go, what, what, what do you have to say, God, about my situation? And declare, so be it, or yes, people who will pray God's will. Man, you can experience God's power in your life, and you can experience it in your circumstances if you'll find a verse and stand on that and declare, God, this is where I'm going to put the flag in the ground because actually you've already put it here. I'm just going to hold it like it's mine, and I'm declaring this is the place I'm claiming this ground. Even when the devil comes at you, you know what? There's a verse for that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Doesn't mean the enemy's not going to try. It just means it's not going to prosper, okay? It's not going to be effective against you. You say, well, I've got money issues. Well, I got a verse for you. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. You say, well, I'm so afraid. Well, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? We need the promises of God in our heart because when life squeezes us like a tube of toothpaste, what, we, what comes out of us must be that, okay? It has to be God's word. Otherwise, whatever else we are full of is what's going to come out. 
I want God to come out when I'm squeezed by life. So we need, we need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to pray Spirit-filled prayers based on Scripture. Why? Because prayer is prophecy to our future. Prayer is prophecy to your future. Now, don't mistake what I'm saying here. God is not some cosmic vending machine where you get to put in your money and then push A11 and get the candy bar that you want. That is not what I'm saying at all. He's not some cosmic genie where he goes, poof, what do you want? Poof, what do you want? Your wish is my command. No, here's God. We show up and say, God, your command is our wish. What you've already said, that's what we want. We're going to stand on that. And we're going to get into your word. We're going to find out what that says. We're going to be unified. We're going to be scriptural. And now back to our story. Acts 4.29 says this. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak. This is after Peter and John got beat, right? Consider their threats from the pastors of that day and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Boldness. They were just threatened. They were supposed to be afraid. They're supposed to be oppressed. And they're praying for the opposite of what the world told them was going to happen to them. Hey, if you do this, you're going down. We're yelling timber. I ain't finishing it. Hmm. They prayed the opposite. They said, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See, powerful prayers are not timid. Powerful prayers are bold prayers. They're bold prayers. We call our, our, our prayer time quiet time, but it should be anything other than that, right? It should not be a quiet time. There's nothing quiet about spiritual warfare, my friends. Because that's what this is. This is war, right? It is war. The Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. It means it has nothing to do with the person sitting next to you that's irritating the fire out of you. It has everything to do with what the enemy is trying to do in their life. Because you know what? Hurt people hurt people. Say, so didn't you just repeat yourself, Pastor? Well, yes, I did, but you need to listen to what I said. Hurt people, those that are hurting, go out and they live their lives in such a way that they hurt other people. What's hurting the enemy? The enemy's messing with their lives. James 5.16 says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That, that word there is energio. means energy. God is looking for people who are willing to pray with some energy. Looking for people who are willing to pray boldly. Now, you don't have to yell when you pray. Does that mean I get to yell and cuss out the devil? Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm you know. I'll leave your prior time up to you and what that looks like. I have a friend who does that. When he gets to, to rebuking the enemy, he just swears at him up and down. He's like, this is the only place I can do this, right here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can you show me where that is in the Bible? I'm not sure I see that. Anyway. <clears throat> God's looking for somebody who will pray with fervor, who will pray boldly, pray with energy. Mark Batterson, author of the book, The Circle Maker, which I'll tell you about in a second, he says, God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Yeah, think about that for a minute. That when we pray boldly, that honors God. It honors him because we're coming to him asking him to do something, something impossible. We're asking him to do something that, that is outside of our reach. And that honors him. Paul said about God that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. This is the God that we serve. Bold prayers honor God. This past Friday, I got, a, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. 
he was telling me about a situation in, in his daughter's life. And I said, well, let's just pray about that. So I, I prayed with him. And in that time of prayer, I just said, Lord, I'm just praying that you give an answer. Close the door, open the door, but I'm asking you to give an answer in the next 10 days. You say, Aaron, how can you ask God to do that? Well, I did. It just came out of my mouth. What am I supposed to do? It happened. And I asked him, I said, Lord, let's just, let's just button this up in 10 days. I, I believe you can do that. I, I could ask for five. I'm not sure why I asked for 10, but it was just what was on my heart. And I asked, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm asking you to answer in 10 days. He said, Aaron, he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, today was day 10. He said, I got that call and got that job. He said, and I just took note. He said, I just took note that it was 10 days ago that you and I prayed. He said, and that just blows my mind. Listen, here's why I can ask. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not to our own understanding in all of our ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct our path. That's what it says to do. And God's okay with you saying, hey, I need an answer. And I need it in this timeline. I need it, I need it soon. He's okay with you asking boldly for something. Now, he may respond. He may not. But I'm telling you, he answered in 10 days in that situation. Because he and I, we prayed unified. We prayed scripturally. We prayed boldly and asked for a response in 10 days. And God answered, gave us favor, and opened the door in that situation. Bold prayers honor God. I'm going to close today with this powerful story that it's not found in the Bible, so it's extra biblical, but it is found in Jewish history, okay? It is found in Jewish history. And if you're looking in your biblical time, this is, there's a time between the last words written in the Old Testament to the first words written in the New Testament. is about 400 years. And the people of God thought that God was gone, that he, he was silent. There was no prophecy. There was no miracles. There was nothing, nothing that happened. And this was the final generation before Jesus came, the final one. And the Jewish people went through a terrible drought. In fact, they were certain that this was going to be the end of the Jewish people because it was that bad. And there was this guy who was a, a, a sage. He, he was a, a spiritual leader amongst them. And his name was Honi. And they went to Honi and said, you got to do something. So Honi went out. In the middle of the street, he grabbed his staff and he spun in a circle, drew a circle on the ground. And history says that he knelt down to pray, and this is what he said. He said, Lord of the universe, I swear before your great name that I will not move from this circle until you have shown mercy upon your children. History bears out that, the, that in that moment, the rain began to fall, but it was just a sprinkle. Honey didn't get up. He said, not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain that will fill cisterns, pits, and caverns. The story goes on that, that it began to monsoon, full deluge, just, just that, that it, the, the raindrops recorded were the size of eggs, and that everyone ran to the Temple Mount in order to avoid flash flooding, but not Honey. He sat in the middle of his circle. And he said, not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain of your favor, blessing, and graciousness. You want to talk about a bold prayer. He started out asking for rain, and he got very, very specific 
about the rain that he was looking for. And the Bible says that in that moment, the rain settled out. It rained for days in a way that it would enrich the ground and the crops. And that obviously you know because history continues for the Jewish people that it saved the Jewish people. But what Honey knew was that Israel not only needed rain, but they also needed something in their hearts. That they needed God's favor. They needed a touch in their hearts. You know, I, I, here's, here's what I believe today. I believe that there's going to be some people that are going to be like Honey. That today you're going you're gonna to learn to draw some circles. Because I think God's looking for people that will draw circles. In fact, I, I would encourage you, get Mark Batterson's book. It's called The Circle Maker. It's one of my favorites. But, but I need to be very clear that this is not about blab it and grab it. This is about name it. And, it's not about name it and claim it and telling God, you better give me this. This is not, this is not about sowing a seed to get a miracle from God. <laughs> you know, if God tells you to do something like that, be obedient. But I don't think we get to slide money in a vending machine and get what we want from God. But I do think he's looking for people to be bold. I think he's looking for people who will remain in a place. Say, I'm not moving from this spot. I'm not moving from this spot. I need you to answer me. God's looking for people who have decided that prayer is a priority. They're going to have a plan. I'm going to do it every day. I'm going to do it first. I'm going to let it be my first response in every situation. He's looking for people who will pray powerful prayers. Spirit-empowered prayers, spirit-led prayers, prayers that are scriptural, prayers that are unified. You're linking hands with somebody else, and you're going to pray. And bold prayers that honor God. I think God's looking for a people. Will you be that people, simple church? Will you be a people who says, I'm not letting my marriage fall apart? I'm not going to let my kids be lost to this world. I'm not going to let their marriages end in divorce. I'm not going to sit by while the world dies outside of this building. Lost, no hope. Hmm. I wonder who will join me. I wonder who will join me in this 21 days of prayer. There's some stuff been going on in your life. Time to draw a circle around it, guys. It's time to decide. It's time to be, pray that more people get saved. It's time to pray that more marriages are healed. It's time to pray that more lives get transformed. We ask God to do these things boldly. Amen, everybody? So let's do this now. Let's pray. And I just wonder, as I call out these things that I'm going to pray over, would you join me? Would you pray too? Right there in your seats. You don't have to, you don't have to scream and shout, but you can pray. Even if you just got saved today, which, you know, we'll do that here in a minute. If you ain't said yes to Jesus yet, you can do that. But let's pray. Father, right now, I just, I pray, God, for us as a people. I pray for the lost. I pray, God, first that you would give us a heart for the lost. That, God, whatever, whatever selfishness is within us, Lord, may we set it aside and shed it so that we can open our hearts fully to love those that are far from you. In every condition, in whatever condition, you will send them to us, Lord. Help us to love them well, regardless, so that they can truly come as they are. Because it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And Lord, we know what they need most is you. So God, we pray that you would send 
send the lost to us. We pray also, God, that you would send us. Send us into the mission field of our homes, into our families, into our social circles, into our workplace, into our community, God. Wherever we go, may we be people who are salt and light to this world. That, God, when people encounter us, they would say, I need some of what you've got. And may they glorify and turn their faces towards you. God, help us. And Lord, we pray that you would send even more of us, more pastors, more missionaries, more evangelists, more people that are called to the work of the ministry. God, may you commission them and send them into the fields because the harvest is most certainly ripe. Father, I pray for our marriages in this place. I pray, God, that they would be strengthened. I pray that your grace would abound. I pray, God, that forgiveness would be present, Lord. I pray that we would shed our pride and shed our rights and shed our egos, that we would realize that our position in our marriages is to be humble servants of one another, to love one another well, Lord. I pray that in every area that our marriages have been broken, that you would step into those spaces and you would provide your healing and your grace and your power. Lord, I pray for our families that we would be knitted together, Lord. May we be unified together, Lord. May we be strengthened and protected and blessed. I pray for our kids, Lord, that as they prepare to enter back into this school year, I pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon them, Lord, for they walk into the literal fires of hell every single day. I pray, God, that they would be light, that they would be love, that they would be protected, their hearts would be protected, Lord, that their minds would be protected, Father, that, that their purity and their innocence would be protected in a world that no longer values anything as sacred, God. We pray that your hand would be upon them, Lord. Go with them. Pray for our teachers and our leaders of our city. God, may, may, and our police, Lord, may they, they lead us in paths of peace. Huh. Give them wisdom. Give them guidance. Give them clear minds and clarity. May they love and serve according to your guidance. And God, I pray. I pray for healing in every, every need that is represented in this place. A healing in your minds, a healing in your bodies, a healing of your relationships. Lord, I pray that you would heal. Jesus, these are the things you died for, things you shed your blood for. You were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you, and by your stripes we are healed. And so, God, pray for your healing in every person's body. I pray, God, that you would help us in our finances, Lord. Not so that we can be individually wealthy, but we can, we can be blessed so that we can be a blessing. Help us, Lord, to develop the discipline financially, to get out of debt and to owe no man anything except a continual debt of love. According to your word, <coughs> God, and let our faith rise to be people who will plant a flag, who will draw a circle, who will declare, find a verse, in your word that fits our situation as we say amen and so be it and align ourselves with you. God, God, we need you. We need you. Now here in this moment, if you are find yourself far from God and you're ready to make a commitment to be in a relationship with God, just understand we've been praying for you that this moment held sacred in every single one of our services is planned for you. And I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment, but if you're ready to say, hey, Aaron, I'm ready to have a relationship with God. I'm ready to be filled with his spirit, to be empowered. 
to live a spirit-filled life. I want everything you're talking about. I, I, I want to go to heaven, but I want this full and fulfilled life here on earth now. If you're ready to make that commitment, that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It means that you're saying yes to following Jesus. If you're ready, all I want you to do, nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to make you stand up or come to the front of the room. I am going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're ready to do that, do so on the count of three. One, two, three, go. Do it. Shoot your hand up. Say, yeah, I'm, I'm saying yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't worry about the people around you. Just say yes. Christians, you ought to be praying right now. Thank you. I see these hands. You can put your hands down now. Put your hands down. Thank you. Everybody here in this place, let's pray out loud. Nobody needs to pray alone. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live for you. And make me brand new. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, the Bible says you prayed that prayer. Heaven's having a party. Come on, Simple Church, celebrate with those who said yes to Jesus today. Man, I'm proud of you. And listen, Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the, the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. Hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.